today is June 23rd, 2021. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Today's Wednesday. The 21st, yes. The 21st was Monday. This is the longest date introduction to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we got it nailed. And we could just talk about the date the whole time <laughs> if we wanted. What calendar are we using, by the way? Well, I guess it's called Gregorian. We're using that one still. That sounds like a saint name, like like Roman Catholic. Like some person named Gregor. Gregor. Rhymes with gargle. Remember when you were doing, um, maybe you still do this. You were doing uh, onomatopoeia. You know what that is, right? Like murmur. Like. Is a word that sounds. It, it, or. What is that? How, what, how I do don't you spell, know. How do you spell. Do that again. I don't know how to spell that. Murmur, we know how to spell. M-U-R, M-U-R, right? Murmur. Mm-hmm. And that is onomatic, onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeic. Murmur. Because it sounds murmur. like someone murmuring. Murmur. murmur. Or you could, um, I guess, splat. Splat. I think that's onomatopoeic. It is, it is a bit, right? It, it almost sounds like, well, what did that thing do? Well, it did a splat. Splat. Oh, that's a very descriptive word. Yeah. In a lot of ways, on a couple of levels at least. Oh, here's well let's uh let's see if he wants to use his his what Uh-oh. yeah we need to ask them what they want their minds oh, to be. Oh my gosh. We we can confirm that we've got a metaf- metaphoric mind, also known as Riley, because she introduced herself on the forum as such. Riley. <laughs> it's actually metamorphic mind. <laughs> Metamorphic mind. Did I say metaphorical mind? <laughs> yeah, you said metaphoric. I'm just Meta- always getting some aspect of your name wrong. Meta- Welcome. Meta something mind. What kind of what meta what mind? Metamorphic. Morphic. Like metamorphosis. <laughs> like changeable. Change evolution. <laughs> yeah. But in big big way change. Transformation. Transmogrification. Oh. So, full disclosure here. And we are making a smoothie. So when I hit the button and so forth, I'm going to pause. I'm going to mute it so that we're not terribly disruptive. But once we have that and we're seated, we are golden. Who's with Riley there? That Riley. Someone with you? Ace Paceman. Ace Paceman. Okay. Ace Paceman. Ace Paceman. Paceman. Ace Paceman. Yes. Ace Paceman. Ace Paceman. We're going extraterrestrial. Today, right? I guess I'm a little Ooh, out of this one. That didn't take long. <laughs> whose, whose art is in the background of your place? That, that's my that's my lovely wife's art. Uh, yeah, we have it all over the house. So <laughs> that's cool. And then over there, it's everywhere. Fruit and flowers, and now there's some like Dutch style blue on white, like blue Delfs kind of um, China. You can walk it around and show them some more stuff if. if you want to. I'm going to hit the button. Hold on. I need to figure out how to mute this. <laughs> we so can do an onomatopoeia of the, of the blender would probably be whirr, whirr, or grr. Grr. Whiz. Whiz. Whirr, Oh, it's a ninja. Oh, man. I That's my dream blender. 
We had a ninja at a cooperative residence I lived at and he just could handle everything and it was easy to clean and yeah, I like that ninja. So listeners have no idea. They can't see how dramatic this is right now. No. How would we describe it? Well, I, they're, they're both wearing baseball caps as if as if things are going to fly out of the blender and splatter them if they don't shield their face. And <laughs> yeah, I they did have the lid on, though, I noticed. Yes. <laughs> I always have the lid on. I don't trust myself. I feel like Ace was doing a little dance while it was going, but it might have just been. It. I was doing my, uh, yay, I'm talking to Max Jig. Yeah, thank, oh. <laughs> that's yes. sweet that's, you bring, well. you bring a rush of happiness to me every time oh. i think that's so nice i it, and i wouldn't mind at all if it were combined with the like defensive position dance to prevent like strawberry or whatever from flying out yeah if it makes it more interesting to say that uh yeah ryan was like uh trying to dodge uh orange peels and <laughs> peels. he's such a madman with the blender so it is strawberry colored, but it, it could also be beet colored. Are we doing sweet or savory? It's sweet, mostly. Beets are, pretty, beets are pretty sweet, aren't they? Mm. Go ahead and tell them what all's in it. We got blueberries, yeah, strawberries, we, bananas. Yeah, mango. Avocado. Oh. Avocado, cauliflower. Oh, avocado and cauliflower. Yeah. Oh. Makes it really creamy and the texture just mm, beautiful. Oh yeah, I'm gonna make one it. for you if you ever make it over here one day. We'll make yeah. it. We're, we're make... gonna do the road trip. Yeah, you and Lisa stop by and get some smoothie. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we talk about where you're at? Like where your feet are on the ground? I'm okay with that. In my house. In your house. <laughs> North Texas. The Wichita Falls area. Wichita mm-hmm. Falls. As Falls, Wichita. So Falls, Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a Wichita Falls in Wisconsin, too. Is there really? I didn't know that. Every now and then I get mail. That'll be the right address, but they'll put Wichita, Kansas on it. Can you hold this? My arms are giving out. (laughs) Are you being passive aggressive or is that legit? I'm just kidding. No, that's legit. This iPad is heavy. It is kind of heavy. Do we we need a, um, like a stand for the, for the device? You're looking at him. Oh, Okay. Hey, buddy. Hey. All right. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Go. That was a brief cameo appearance of another household member there. Whose voice was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try. That was my son's, uh, my middle son. He sounds almost identical to me, so. (laughs) He just sounded a little bit more in the background, but otherwise identical. Unless you can throw your voice. Okay, we're getting set up. Welcome. Welcome to Wondering Forum. Thank you. I hear that you have brought some subjects to talk with us about today, maybe, or some suggested. Can you can you start out with what is passive-aggressive? Because Minnesotans are apparently, it's, this is the passive-aggressive state. Really? Yeah. Interesting. The, the land of 10,000 passive-aggressive. Passive aggra- at least 10,000 <laughs> passive-aggressive individuals. Okay, I'm the, la- the land of 10,000 passive-aggressive moves. It's just that you're avoiding communicating something in a healthy way by doing it a tad bit cheeky or snarky. Cheeky or snarky. 
that's I sort see. of my my sort of half-ass opinion of it, but <laughs> or uh, definition of it. Okay. So wow, that that could mean that someone communicating straightforward oh. and honest might be misinterpreted as passive aggressive too, because their tone might be read by someone as, like as oh, were you meaning that? You know, but well, no, I was just trying to use the correct words to be polite. Yeah, I I do think that passive aggressive is one of those concepts that may be best exemplified with like ex- good examples. Hello, well, good to be here. Like if the husband normally takes out the garbage and he's been slacking on it or something, and then the wife all of a sudden walks by him while he's just sitting down doing nothing. And she makes a point of walking such that he sees her go by with the trash and have to take it out. That could be considered an example of something passive aggressive. It's also entirely possible that she meant nothing by it and that she's just simply doing it because he didn't for whatever reason and she's cool with it. But you tend to know from the course of interactions with them, which is which. So Minnesota might be the land of 5,000 passive aggressive moves and 5,000 misinterpreted actions. (laughs) Uh, I would say that if you sorted them all out, you would have a you would have a pretty uh, strong variety of the hodgepodge of what it actually is. But so, did you want to did you want me to bring up what I mentioned yesterday about? Yeah, I briefly brought up with Dad the concept of intergenerational trauma, and he seemed kind of excited about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's fascinating. It's blown our minds here as we've, you and Lisa got the ball rolling for us, and for us and we just took it from there. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I think all we did was really just mention the words and you were like, I want to know more about those words. <laughs> I know. Okay. So quick question for you. This is my, uh, my ignorance talking here, but this is a podcast audio only, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm describing things, visual things to try to spark imagination about who you are um we could we could add that you have a beard it's like maybe like double the length of my beard which um that doesn't really help because you can't see my beard either you ace does you meaning ace oh yes you referring to ace not riley or um willing (laughs) my dad and i will note too i don't know if you noticed this max but my beard is about an inch and a half is shorter than it was just this morning. Oh, so if you yeah. look back at the previous marker, you would definitely see a big difference. Let's see. Here. Did you did you trim it yourself? I did. Did you use the scissors? No, I used a trimmer. A trimmer. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting. Whenever I do trim it, though, I, as weird as this may sound, I have to be in a good place like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because if I don't, I will cut some big jagged line to which I will just ignore it because if you try to fix a jagged line, your whole beard goes kaput. So, but I have to be in a good place so I can patiently go through and do it. But today I was rushed a bit because I was going to see my mother who I haven't seen in over three years. You know, it's like another first impression, I guess, since coming out of the womb. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to go all shaggy. And I told Max a few weeks ago that next time you see me, it's going to be trimmed and looking neat. And then I promptly never did it. And I didn't bring it up again because I knew that I would be like immediately struggling with my dissonance over my procrastination. Funny, since you say shaggy, you kind of look like the intellectual brainy shaggy from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. 
a Scooby-Doo character already, and we're only 15 minutes in. Good job, Max. And just to paint a picture for our viewers, he totally hit his head on my desk whenever he said that. I did. I, le- I leaned over because I was laughing at what you said, and I wasn't expecting this desk to be like, I was expecting it to be two inches lower, so I sort of clanked my forehead, but I'm, I'm so good. sorry. <laughs> I just measured mine, of- and let's see, I'd say it's about three-eighths of an inch. So I think that's right. Yeah, so I'd say yours is probably about, could it be six-eighths? Could it be three-quarters? Could it be an inch? It's it's an, at least an inch. It looks an inch. Yeah, so I'm actually, yeah. How hirsute are you normally? Or How what? Hirsute. <laughs> so what's the question? Sorry. Well, are you normally bearded or do you normally shave it all or in between? Well... He's had a beard for a couple of years now. I can't imagine looking at him without one. No, truly, Max. I since I've known you, I've had a beard. Okay, and I haven't cut it off since I've known you. So that Good. should answer. And I, well, I joined the other forum back in September of fifteen. So it was about a year before that. Well, that's know. great because when I first saw you, like I immediately retroactively drew that picture for every instance of your username that I'd seen prior to actually visibly seeing you. So I'm really glad to know that I imagined you more or less correctly with a beard. You did. And I I remember, but it's funny because whenever I first joined the old forum and we exchanged, we exchanged an email, like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we, for that first year, we, we enjoyed reading each other's emails, but we were so suspicious of other people that we were just like, I need to know this person's for real. And it took us like a year of exchanging emails before we were like, do we want to talk on like, I can't remember if it was FaceTime or whatever it was, but you know, and then we finally did and we're like, oh, where has he been my whole life? But yeah, it was still sure. a few more months before we talked again. Tell me what your memory is of meeting me. I'm curious to hear your side of it. I'm the one always reliving. Oh, well, dad's just meeting you for the first time. And no, I've had a podcast with him before. Right. But I mean, like mm. visually, I believe, if I'm oh, not mistaken. That's right. It was just audio last time. Yeah. It's much it's harder it's for true. me when I can't get the visual cues. But yeah, no, I'd say maybe my memory just isn't good in the area. I, I, I remember things very emotionally. Mm-hmm. So for you, like, I, I would say I could go back, but I would have to like concentrate and it's really not worth the audience's time to like try to, yeah, okay. Out how to put myself in that mentality. But I just, I, I remember being suspicious, but cordial because you were, it was a level of suspicion that I had where it's like everything they're doing seems legit. So if, if I need to be suspicious, it's because I'm failing to pick up something that right. would throw me off right so it was you were in that <laughs> camp in my mind so like but, suspiciously unsuspicious yes exactly got it which turns out to be yeah like that's kind of kind of accurate because there's only a few people um that i ended up being friends with from that and i expected like so many more like networks and communities and and like uh-huh. happen from there sorry i'm not laughing at you i'm i definitely <laughs> say it's fair for me to laugh with you on that point 
Anyway. It's a bit naive naive to think that, but it, that's it what, is, but hey, that's that's how But you gotta think it or to even make the one or two friends that you got. Yeah, I suppose. You know, but you have maybe more experience with that, and maybe you can get into that with the inter intergenerational trauma bit about why you know to be suspicious of people, even if they are close. I don't know. Maybe we don't need to break into that just yet. Maybe there will be a point for that. Let's, um, you can start talking about intergenerational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hi, I go by Metamorphic Mind on Wondering Form, which has been very fun to read, by the way. It has been a journey, and I've listened to the first two podcasts that you did originally, and it was just so free flowing and completely non judgmental. There were no conclusions to be made, it was just let's all think about stuff <laughs> oh thank you yes that's the goal that's the goal let's think about stuff together actually i, I was thinking about recently one of my I'm tr i've been trying this year to get deep into like my sole purpose and i feel like um tao magic if not something it, it, it's not something that i study at all but um it's something where uh this um character on youtube named benabel Wen, or also known as tinkering bell said tao magic is is really about it's supposed to be about shining light on all paths so that people can better find their own way rather than collecting in a vessel and saying this is the only way to do something right so that's what i feel like wondering form can be hopefully not like a lighthouse in in one specific area but just shining light on all the paths so that hopefully people who are curious can find out more about what they're curious about. I know. And it's a, it's a cycle of learning because the more, you know, the more you don't know. Yes. <laughs> the more, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the more you suspect, you don't know. And that is a, it's a fascinating thing to picture with respect to that it's sort of like sort of the mirror side of healing in a way. Like you can't anticipate how the healing will spread, but it does like exponentially. And the same thing goes with learning. As you get more knowledge and you get more into things, you realize there are not just more things about that topic you don't know, but there are more topics you don't know about. And then it's just like that. It's like picturing an ice crystal sort of branching out in that pattern. It's really beautiful, I think. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's a nice idea. What's going through your mind, Willing? Mm. Yeah, how are you feeling? Well, I was thinking, <clears throat> how am I feeling? Oh, good question. So my feet are planted on the ground. I hail from Dakota country. And the weather here is... Uh, it's hot, hot outside, but not super hot. Clear skies. It's summery, feeling pretty good. The long, I mean, the days are going to get shorter now, but these are the wonderful, wondrous, long, long days. So they are evoking, uh, they're evoking happy things, happy thoughts. I'm feeling content because I just had a bunch of cherries here. It's nice. Had a nice supper. I had a tightening of the jaw two or three days ago and that's less evident right now it's nice 
a little bit of um, a little bit of tightness in my back. Hmm. Um, I'm feeling expansive in my chest. It's really nice to have metamorphic mind and ace on. It's fun. The novelty is great for me. So I'm <laughs> curious, leaning in. Uh, the topic, um, I'm very interested in the topic. I uh, think about and work with that topic almost on a daily basis. Mm. The story that you told makes me wonder about, so there's three generations in this one day of experience. So the three, so you saw your mother um, and grandmother. Were you there? I, I wasn't your, there. But... Okay. <laughs> However, she, uh, my, my mom and dad will be coming over for dinner on Friday night. And wow. it'll be the first time that the ki- the kids have seen them, and they've and they've seen the kids since <clears throat> early 2018, like January, or, or it might have even been de- December of 17. But it's been three and a half Long years. Long time, yeah. And he was kind of the bridge to that. So, and for a while, I think he was really holding out hope for something that wasn't quite ready yet. Uh huh. And so we kind of had to go, all right, but let's just keep playing it again. And then finally, <laughs> we started slowly doing this, starting with his dad. And yeah, I very recently, I started uh, talking to my parents and engaging with them. And, you know, the way my family is, it's there's not any real way to get to the like, except for going through dad. And that's just a fact of life that I had to accept. And really, I'm glad that I did accept it because it's true. <clears throat> and also the rest of the family will take cues from him. So I needed to go through him. And it was the most logical way to go. It was just at the time it felt like I felt like I shouldn't have to, but that's kind of irrelevant. So he and I had dinner two weeks ago two weeks and two days ago. And it's the first time we had seen each other in three years. Um, what, and, what, know, was the, what was the context of the, of the last time that Riley and company saw them? Um, <laughs> uh, I think it might have been a Christmas, maybe like of 17. Yeah. 2017. It was kind of a party that we were obligated to go to, but <laughs> But yeah, I think that might have been the last interaction I had. And sorry if this is a sensitive question, but did something happen there that caused like dissolution of the conversant atmosphere or were you unable to, you know, was there a trauma that happened there then? Yeah, it was, there was a significant family trauma that's, it's very complicating, as you know, and they would take it would take too much focus off of the healing part of this topic to go into all that, but it was a significant family trauma that spanned me and one of my sub, well, all of it affected all of us, but it ended up with what people would call a family split with two siblings that I haven't seen since then as well. Um, And then, you know, there was a long time there where for me, it was, kind of a journey of my own personal recovery and healing that I really think had to take place before I could 
safely and approach appropriately re-engage with my parents. <clears throat> I almost jumped the gun on that a couple of months ago or yeah, it was either March or April. And then I pulled back from that because I was, I didn't trust myself and I didn't think I was, I thought I was like, my heart was in a better place than my brain was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I was like, I need to be a little bit brighter about this. Yeah, I kind of got on the phone with him and was like, okay, but, you know, what good could come from it? And then you start talking about intergenerational healing, and me and him are like, oh. That's the stuff. I see, but we didn't have that piece yet. It's true. And I also have the history of being able to look at the generational trauma before even my grandfather, who is deceased, has been so since 94. But he even had like a like a trauma in with one of his sons that never got repaired and never even got close to being repaired. He died not being able to speak to one of his sons again. And, you know, I recognize that these things do recur. And I don't want that for my kids at all on either end. Mm. Um I would sooner eat broken glass than uh, mm. risk that with my kids having a fallout with them. So I, I definitely have learned a lot. And, oh, one of the things, and I'm sure people get tired of hearing stuff like this, but it, it's true. Um, you just, you can't take anything for granted. And the relationship with your kids, you have to continue to work at. You can never be like, oh, I'm there. Don't have to do anything anymore. It's like a marriage or any. Any successful marriage or parent-child relationship, you have to continually invest in it and prioritize it and don't treat it like it's always going to be there so great. It's great if you work at making it great. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna just pause for just a bit right there. That was beautiful. I also want to observe that what I, I thought I saw Riley support you. While you were telling that story, I think she placed her hand lightly on you as a way to support you. Mm-hmm. That's I find that really, really moving. I don't know how we can convey that to listeners. I just want to pause now and just try to open that space because this is hard work. Uh, it, it helps to have all our hearts wide open while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it's a courageous thing that you're wanting to bring up. And I just wanted to honor that and honor the two of you. Thank you. In your story. And we at Wondering Forum, I think, have high values in supporting one another when we're working with difficult topics. Yeah, and and when we're anything. Because really, we'd like a forum where we're supportive. Not just not just uh, mm-hmm. digging and digging into each other, you know? So, well, I do. And I do apologize if I, if I do, uh, when I have a wide open heart, I will tend to like drag people into cliffs, just like, let's go. <laughs> so, um, if I that happens. Too. Truly I do. <laughs> it took a while for me to get used to making friends on basic topics. Cause at first I would be like, Oh, let's get into deep subjects. And <laughs> everyone's like hold up sis like (laughs) we're all jumping on this hang glider right now right okay yes (laughs) yeah thank you guys that means a lot that's and and again i love that we're not bound to 
any topics. We're just, we you have. Folks, you folks brought this one. <laughs> You're good with it, right? I'm excited. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. excited about it too. Yeah. And it's funny because just yesterday I was getting all salty. You know, it's like a, uh-huh. what to say, whatever. He was like, oh, you might be meeting with the grandparents for the first time this week. And I was like, <sighs> Okay. <laughs> oh, I like stage fright. And so I was kind of processing it yesterday. And then today I wake up and I'm like, yes, dad, I'm on board. We'll do this. Yeah. And I knew I was kind of mm-hmm. just, pay, just waiting on you to get there, but sort of. Because <laughs> you knew I would get there. I did. It just, you know. I, I've tried to be very gentle about it because I realize it's difficult, but you know, I'm having to be just as gentle with my parents. Oh mm. yeah. He- and he told me at the beginning of this, look, if you don't want to be involved, that's okay. I will just work around that, you know. Of course. But of course, here I am. <laughs> so. With but, your feels, with your feels, right? With my feels, I mean, yes. Yeah, and, my entity, my being and, is on board. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, you know, it would be sad for anybody we know and love to miss out on the healing experience, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, that would be bad for anybody that misses out on this. It's too Wait, good. Was that passive aggressive? I'm still, I'm still learning about this passive aggressive stuff, but I think I resemble that remark. It, I would so say. I might have just done that here. I would say that was an example of my sort of warm, loving leadership style. As oh, nice. Okay. Well, I'll go with that. I'll roll with that. (laughs) But that's primarily because it's coming from me, and I've got the street cred for it. So Mm. I'm just chuckling over here. (laughs) And, yeah. uh, Passive aggressive never leaves a person feeling warm and fuzzy and loved. Okay. Right, right. I think that's key. Well, that was a lovely warm-up, a lovely intro to more of your storytelling. So, as long as we're doing intros, let me just... I am here located in the city of Phoenix, which just rained for the first time in, according to official reports, like 60 days or more of like before significant rain. And it's uh, also traditionally and still is Tohono Odem peepash and hohokam land so i'm learning i'm learning the uh the stewards of the land of this area i and do think that you sent me a marco last month or the month sometime april or may that included uh rain coming down but yeah. i don't know if the weather people considered it significant enough it, exactly that was it they didn't consider it significant rainfall it was just like a sprinkling this was kind of off and on for a full day just about so oh wow nice yeah, it was well, very congrats, refreshing. Congrats on the rain. It is refreshing whenever you get that, especially when you live in Phoenix. Oh, much needed. It was like almost a visit to the ocean for me. Mm. Yeah. I know how much you, you like to just, just to put your feet in the lake. Mm-hmm. Exactly so. All right. Uh, I, I conclude my segment of the intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and I will note that even though we live in one of the one of the hottest uh, habitable places in the country. It was an abnormally cool spring. And funny enough, the first day of summer, uh, two days ago, we had the high that day was 80 
or 82 and the high was at like 10 or 11 in the morning it we had a cool front come through and in the afternoon it was 70 wow 68 yeah so we had an abnormally cool spring and we haven't even had a 100 degree day yet which here it's not uncommon to have 20 or 30 days straight of 100 plus so anyway it's been nice and we're we've made friends in the neighborhood that have pools at least two that have pools and one that we've already been over to they gave us an open-ended invitation to come over and swim and i warned them that that if they made that offer we would take them up on it so (laughs) but we're having a good summer so far i could attest to that yeah and you know the the idea of my parents coming over for dinner on a friday night was that was just so far removed from the realm of possibility months ago Mm. that you know the fact that we're there now i think says a lot and uh one of my brothers who was sort of on the split side of it with me the family split um i I love him very much and i and i want all good things for him and you know i kind of think that the part of the family split that needs healing that has to do with him i really don't think would happen with if i didn't step out and do something courageous and for myself and for my kids, but also for him and his kids and my other siblings and their kids and for my parents and my grandkids and my great grandkids. I was just like, I have to do what I can to stop the cycle. And we can't have like father son relationship break one generation. The next thing happens to the next generation. And then I think I'm special and it can't happen to me. I mean, so my takeaway from it is I step out and love well love the best I can and trust the process that this healing can spread and grow. I don't have to go onto every little leaf of the tree and make it happen. I can just love well, right where I'm at and it can spread. If you create pockets of wilderness, not just in nature, not just in a tree or a, or a rock garden or whatever, if you create pockets of wilderness in your lives, then I think nature does its own healing from those spots. If you like become aware of, if you adjust your consciousness to become aware of where those spots are and realize that, that things naturally heal, then, um, then you've, you've dug up the artificial concrete that, you know, you, you put over it in your head that like, it can't possibly happen here. Right. That's, that's awesome. That's beautiful. That's an excellent visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I met with, I had dinner with my dad last night, and that's what kind of led to my meeting with my mom today, which I thought was only going to be thirty or forty-five minutes, and it turned into three and a half hours. And she and I had a beautiful time together. Um, it was very loving and very warm, and I, I'm incredibly grateful for that time I had with her, and I'm looking forward to seeing her soon. It is amazing how just getting together and hugging and seeing each other can make so much difference and just stepping out there and doing it. It's that initial time that's it's scary to get yourself there, but it's a beautiful beautiful thing that can happen. And I, you know, I told my dad at dinner last night, I was like, you know, I want this for myself and my family, but I want it for y'all. I want it for the whole family and I want it for the future generations. I said, then, you know, I, I need my, I want my kids to see that incredible strain, the worst strain you can imagine on relationships can be healed. 
because if they can see that here, they can see it anywhere in their lives in the future. And I need them to see this. Yes. Yes. And Yay, you know, go I, ace, I, go ace. Thank you, Max. And, <laughs> and I felt like you would have been cheering me on if you had been there with me. Um, he, and you know, I saw the wheels kind of turning for him and it was kind of like, crap, you've really thought this through, huh, son? <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but he might as well have. What are your he, thoughts? He heard it. So he heard it. Yeah. What, wow. I, what I just, what I told him is like the wheels in his head, yeah. like, wow, you've really thought about this a lot. Like the kinds of things you want to see happen, you know, but something, me thinking about how broad it was, oh, how important it was. Something like what you meant for him to understand might have been understood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like he really, like he really did get me. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're, you're as baffled as I am. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, humans trying to communicate with one another. Well, it's Ooh. no small door. You're, you're right. It, it almost is like, wait a minute, he understood you. I mean, <laughs> for people to connect these days in a way they meaningfully understand is actually, I think, a rare thing. Very rare now. <laughs> Especially if there's woundedness and defenses coming up around our core woundedness, and we all have that, and... When yeah, this means meets woundedness. I mean, there's a lot of barriers. Yeah, and and uh, when you when uh, I'm glad you say woundedness because I did mention to him that I didn't think that you know like a wounded animal is not going to respond well no matter what your intentions are towards it. Mm. And and I told him I was like you know a few years ago it really got to where we were all like the wounded animal. Mm. And maybe none of us knew it, knew it, but the result is we were all gnashing at each other mm. and it wasn't pretty. And, you know, he, he started to say something about how somebody else was acting, was certainly a, acting like a wounded animal. And I was like, don't kid yourself. You were both acting like wounded animals. And he was like, well, yeah, probably so. <laughs> but, you know, being able to say something truthful but not saying it in a harmful way. I wonder how far as a society we could go if people could just do that. Mm -hmm. It it requires a level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Emotional intelligence or experience or something like some, some, some sort of commitment or attention to emotional health of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a commitment. Yeah. Thank you. You have to be downright determined yeah. if you're going to break free from how you've, I say you, all people generally, to break free from how you've talked about things in the past or how you've talked to people in the past and go, hey, wait a minute, that's not the best thing in the world. I can be more loving. I can be more effective in my communication if I just show some care for the other person and uh, their humanity. Mm. It's amazing how far that'll go. Ace, how, how did you, how did you get so committed? <laughs> Maybe you can add that for me. That's a, that's a <laughs> <laughs> so committed to talking to your dad or. Oh, okay. Well, what so, you just said is you really need to be committed to do this. And so it made me curious about how did you get so committed and courageous I, to do it? I'll tell you, oh. I had a lot of incentive to, because when I look around in my family, 
like with my parents and siblings and with my kids, I just, it, it's something that's been, that's just occurred to me and been impressed on for me is like, I am responsible for my part, at least in the health of these relationships. And if I prize them and cherish them, I need to love as hard as I can. Wow. Wow. How's that for an answer? That's good. Out of the barrel. I hope it's good. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I put my feet on the ground to, uh, listen more deeply on that. That was mm. that's funny. Yeah, I felt lifted mm. a little as well. So I, I even you know, like last night when I was talking to Dad, and you know, at the beginning, uh, it was it was fascinating how, like two weeks ago, I hugged him because I'm a hugger. I've I've told you that we're huggers, and and I hugged him, and two weeks ago, I felt like I was hugging a statue because he was really stiff and it was almost like he was communicating i'm really unsure about the whole situation and i'm a little bit so i don't know quite what to do with this and i i didn't let it bother me we had a very warm visit and then i hugged him goodbye and he told me he loved me um which i i i say that anyway but it was kind of i thought it was a, a big deal that he said that whenever he was leaving but last night whenever we met for dinner he, he greeted me with a very affectionate hug and me being the sizer up of hugs. I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good hug. <laughs> that's great. And I was thinking, Oh yeah, that's a big hug. That's a legit hug. He's sincere. That's good. And so I was, you know, I do a lot of inspecting for like authenticity and it's part genuine. of your job, isn't it? I mean, so you had ex- professional experience in this as well as, um, yeah, I guess is a casual experience. I, the truth is, I think that any work I do as a lawyer where I'm effective, it's something that I apply after learning it in my personal life. It's not something I learn professionally and then apply personally. <laughs> Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. That's how I, that's the only way I can operate too. And you know, a long time I, as a lawyer, even though I'm very, very unconventional, I still felt like there were certain ways I should do things as lawyer me, different than person me. And, you know, this last year, year and a half, I've been like, screw that. I'm me. I'm going to be me while I'm a lawyer and while I'm a dad. So people can learn to deal with that. Really? Yeah. It's been liberating and fun. And, you know, I, I figured out it's, something that this is something small but it's a good example like i was calling a, a certain court coordinator who in the past she's not been ugly to me but she's been a little curt and as most court coordinators become over time uh because i think that's either the law or the retirement plan i'm not sure but they become a bit short and like suspicious acting so i decided something the other day i was like okay i've called her a hundred thousand times before I'm going to try something different because why not? So I simply raised my voice one octave and I was like, Hey, so nice to talk to you. Would you be, you know, would you be willing to check on something for me? I, she was so sweet. I was like, wow, get off the phone. And I'm like, my gosh, I just simply raised my octave, my voice one octave and I get like this whole positive feedback experience. That's amazing. That sounds like what we were talking about earlier about like hearing passive aggressiveness. Hmm. Uh, passive aggression i don't know how you say that 
yeah. PA incidents and, right. um, and how, yeah, how people hear, how people listen and how people have their traumas that prevent listening. And it could be something that has nothing to do with you, but mm-hmm. just uh, whatever, maybe they're a relative or, or close person in their life hurt them who talked in a uh, a natural tone. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, yeah, no. I was just, I, f- I pretty much finished with that thought. So Ace, you, you modulate, you intentionally modulated your tone? I did. To it see what help. kind of impact that might have on the listener? It, it was really for two, two reasons. One, I, I, I was interested in it because I thought, I, why am I always having the same experience? Hmm. And, and I thought, you know, it's entirely possible that she thinks I sound that way. Like maybe I'm sounding a little bit curt or gruff or whatever. And so I'm like, I want to make sure that she knows I'm not being curt or gruff. I'm being friendly, but I needed to sound because she couldn't see my face. It was just on the phone. So I'm like, knowing her limitations there, I was like, I've got to change something. Maybe it's the way I sound. So yeah, I just, I raised my voice a bit. I wanted to see if it would work, but I also thought, you know, maybe she will feel better. Like maybe she'll feel loved by the contact. Like, Hey, this lawyer was calling. Usually they don't make my life feel any better, but he was really pleasant and like a positive exchange during the day that you don't expect to have. Does that make sense? So you you let your heart you let your heart inform your mind. Yes, using, absolutely. Using empathy and compassion for the future listener. Extroverted feeling. Wow. <laughs> yes, it, I feel safe letting it lead the way for me. That's that's very intentional. It is very intentional. It yeah. Sounds committed. It sounds committed. It sounds committed. <laughs> uh, determined. Yes, determination. Wow. Okay. And, you know, I, there is a part of me, and I'm sure our audience might find this quirky or naive, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But there's a part of me that thinks, what if I took for every ten times I have these these exchanges, and I was more pleasant and more loving, and these people took those experiences. And then collectively, they added up to something I can't even see, but is a healing type thing that happens in people's lives. I don't know where that can end, but I'm like, if I can be a part of that, that's beautiful. That's how I think about my art. That's 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 a that's a that's a that's a that's the act of creation. Yeah, because love is creation, and creation is an act of love, and. Yeah, it's an act of creation and love. I love that. That's beautiful. Someone who might be on Wondering Forum soon actually gave me that. Cooler. He said that he heard that love creates and fear destroys. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That goes into a big topic that popped in my mind. The reason I picked Metamorphic Mind as my username in the first place was that I found so many people can be stagnated and one stream of thought over and over again over the course of years. And some can never get out of that cycle because of fear, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. This fear destroys, destroys stream of thought. Trauma gets in the way of new, alive thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it the fear of the unknown, maybe? Fear of the unknown. 
or fear or the fear of discover, discovering that you don't know everything and you might be an ignoramus. Yes. Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those sound related. Yeah. I was like, shame. My, I, that, my shame, my shame comes up. I do not want to be considered oh, shame. an, an yes. ignoramus. Man, shame? that would be lousy to be considered an ignoramus. Your, your work with, with trauma has a lot to do with unpacking shame. Yeah. And shame in, in culture and larger culture. And oh, yeah, my own individual and then collective shame. I, I really want to go back to because I'm so ashamed to talk about it right now. I really want to go back to Riley's uh, fear or love space stuff. Okay. That was sweet. Yeah. If you were to take shame and fear, which comes from trauma, basically what happens is you're so caught up dealing with your feelings about a topic or maybe the ethics of the people that you hang out around where you don't allow yourself to think outside of a box because you either fear rejection or you fear um being cut out being yeah i resemble that i resemble that yeah yeah Yeah. and then you feel bad about your need to explore I do. And you put yourself out even further. Oh, I get embarrassed even. I can, it rises up. I get a flush in my face. I mean, <laughs> I get a somatic, I mean, I get a, my body uh-huh. really t- is communicating this to me. I can wow. see that. Yeah. Where does that, that come from? Where does that come from? Well, I, I have an idea because when, when Riley, you were talking about how fear affects us i feel as though i've met people who they don't have a shame of asking wanting to explore and ask new questions because um they've learned to just be afraid of it (laughs) so they're not going to (laughs) right i know it's gonna happen i'm gonna go anyway so if there's if you're surrounded by that kind of person even for a short period of time like or a formative period of time then you might feel ousted but from culture or, or, or society when you want to explore or you're actually curious about something because the people around you who have decided they're not going to be curious about anything because it's dangerous could it could make you feel ashamed like oh maybe I'm doing something dangerous I know I'm not going to hurt anybody but I just feel like I'm endangering people's um, fight or flight responses just by having curiosity you know yeah that is personally in my own life i had to get over this feeling for this longing really for connection with people but i found i could only connect with them on such surface of a level that at the time it didn't even seem worth it to me Mm, almost like it wasn't a meaningful enough connection to make it just was never enough, and I couldn't figure it out before because I'm very close with my immediate family. I'm 17, still live in my dad's house, and I just remember thinking, I don't know why this isn't enough. Like I was getting this big need to gather up people and teach them and learn from them in this mutual giving and taking, understanding, loving way. Mm-hmm. Rather than going out on a limb, saying something that the world's not ready for, and then being slammed and rejected. Uh, you know? How'd you get so resourceful? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're very resourceful. Uh, it's, all, it's like you self-resource. That's, that's really admirable. 
Wow. Thank you. Because <laughs> I've, I've been homeschooled. It's a popular mm. thing in Texas. Mm. And my friends will often ask me, what does your school actually look like? And I don't have an answer for them because I'm afraid if I were to legitimately answer that question, they might not even be my friend anymore. Oh, wow. That is, I'm both, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I'm so sorry about that experience. Um, and that, that is very familiar right now. It's my very... lifelong sorrow, I say. <laughs> yeah. We are pretty radical about how we live. And so nobody can really relate to us. And if they're not, you, if they're not radical at all in their lives, then they think, whoa, what the heck are these people about? So you seem less susceptible to that. To merging with their ways? Is that what you're saying? Um, I'm not sure what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's trying to say that you seem like a strong person and it doesn't, these decisions haven't made you any lesser or. or, um... I personally had to come to a point where I had to pick, okay, do I just want to be popular, have a bunch of surfacy friends, or do I just want to try to be content with what's dealt to me here? In the long run, that's the only answer that you can really have. I think in the interest of clarifying something I said earlier, when I said lawyer me and me, I'm just like, fine, I'm staying the same. I, <laughs> that that it, I still, I, I'm doing that and I'm letting my feelings, my feeling intelligence is higher on the scale than my logic intelligence, which I would argue is still good, but, uh, (laughs) but I, but I, I'm happy to follow my feeling and intelligence. Oh yeah. I like the multiple intelligences work from uh, Gardner a lot. Multiple intelligence. Yeah. was very, I found it really helpful in the early eighties. Howard Gardner, I think multiple intelligences, Mm-hmm. So it was um, emotional intelligence was one that the, the the testing at that time wasn't school systems weren't testing for it. And I would say that they weren't appreciating it. And I say that we, we still it's problematic to this day. That's my editorializing. I feel pretty strong. I have a pretty strong opinion about that. I just yeah. learned and I'll put this in the show notes that you can look up <clears throat> Howard Gardner's information at multipleintelligencesoasis.org as well as howardgardner.com. Yeah, not to get too wonky, but um, so in the early 80s, many of us were excited about that. We were thinking that it was going to become more pedestrian, more available in the public school system. And then there was was concern about um, that the basal knowledge wasn't strong enough. And so then uh, Bennett and others came out wanting to publish real strong baselines, and then the testing programs began in the public school system. So I kind of, yeah, I hope we're, I'm not taking us down a bunny trail, but I'm, I have strong feelings about that. Yeah, and I think we should um, seriously consider doing another show on that. Oh, I could talk about that. <laughs> I, I, I knew you could. Like, yeah, good. So let's, that's juicy stuff, if you ask me. So thank you yeah. for your storytelling on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
Oh, I wanted to complete a thought that I only half completed earlier. <laughs> There's a redundant <laughs> statement. Okay. All right. So I was going to say, even though I'm happy to, to follow my sort of feeling function, uh, I, and I will do that. I still, mo- I closely moderate the things I say. I don't, I don't say things I don't believe to make the people I'm around happy, but I will refrain from saying things I believe if I think what I say might upset them or will upset them. Does that make sense? It does make sense from like an emotionally intelligent point of view. (laughs) It, it, you know, there's a part of me that's like, that doesn't make any sense. Just (laughs) say the truth. And everyone everyone will stone you and, and, you know, (laughs) Are you well, trying to be, help people not have amygdala hijackings? Is that your main concern? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I sincerely <laughs> think that there are just some people who are worse off for knowing things. Um, oh. I know. It, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's more proof, more proof that you're right, and just the fact that you said that, and it's so. Oh, ugly. sorry, I didn't realize I was making your dad's point for him. I it's just, okay, we just know, we've so many, so I many. Thought about it way before I did. I'm like, what's she laughing about? Nah, I feel, no. I feel traumatized that you said this truth. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have said it because now I have to consider the the reality of people who are Does better it- off not knowing. <laughs> But dear, dear friend, does it make you feel better if I reach my hands out towards you and I tell you I love you and I would hug you if you were here? Uh, that's sweet. Yes, I, 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 I truly I'd would. Give you I, a big old hug too. And I also sincerely believe that had I known in advance I was going to make his point for him, I still would have said it because I believe you are capable of hearing that truth. Is that okay? Are you, is this for the audience or is this for one of us in this circle? It's just for all of us, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what, I, what I'm asking, Max, is do you still love me? Of course, of course. See, the thing is, I'm not trying to make it about me, but I can't help it because I'm in me. So the thing is that I'm that the community that makes up the thing that drives this body is is they're always in disagreement about what is too much so-called medicine medicinal truth and what is um what is something that is better to hold back and actually in conversations with different lots of different researchers that topic keeps coming up how do you not disturb people when talking about difficult truths and it's just a strange um, like reality that if I accept that there's truths that are like too disturbing to talk about, then that means that I have to also accept any evil intent out there to corner and reduce the breadth of, uh, of subjects. Um, right. and, and so then that means I'm kind of just accepting defeat and the warrior in me is like, no. So it makes, it makes me want to just um, lash out and so on. But see, that's the thing that I'm, that, that's a personal trigger that I'm wrestling with. Is yeah, it, it's hard to not feel fake, you know, if you go into that mode. Yes. But at the same time, if you were to be truthful about any given topic and you know that it would be ill-received, then you would be potentially doing a lot of harm. So how do we achieve that balance? That I- is... I would submit to you that 
just as like how I try to try to uh, treat my clients when you're a prosecutor, which I wasn't many years ago. One of the big dangers, even if you're a good person who wants to do the right thing and doesn't want to see people get punished for silly stuff, the tendency is to stop viewing them as people and start viewing them as a manila envelope <laughs> or or a file, you know, a file. And I think we're in big trouble if we just simply engage with people like there's some sort of manila folder. We're not going to pay attention to expressions, word choice, values, stage of life. Maybe they're having a trauma. Maybe they're having the worst day ever. If you're not going to pay attention to anything at all, you're just going to see some folder, some file with a name on it. Then you're in big, big trouble, I think. We have to sort of feel our way through the engagements. And I think that tending to another's personhood before we try to reach their mind is critical. Mm. It's so strange then what, what you just said that it's so true. And it makes me realize how inhuman political uh, world is because it tries to absolutely reduce people into they've been one quote unquote into sorted into one or another value system. And that's, and that's how we're taught to like, think about politics by like the onslaught of media, because it's kind of, well, you, they don't interact with you on a human level because there's just like this one way broadcast system from the TV. Okay, sure. But even, even if they meet you in person, it's kind of like, are you going to vote for me? Are you going to vote for me? Are you going to vote for the other person? (laughs) That's just, that that's just kind of like, that's the level, the the humanity. You just want to turn around and be like, See the tag sticking out of my neck? Does it say R or D? I don't know. Just read it. <laughs> like you're just from a manufacturer and you can only be one of two things. And that's who you are. Yeah. Oh, it's such cool. a nasty, plasticky way of viewing people. It's like as if we could really understand anything about that person from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything so about the idea of fitting in this category or this one just makes my autonomy just shake. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, that's where your that's where you your body gives you the feels and you can feel your ire come up, huh? Yeah. It just what what's <laughs> under what's what is that? <laughs> what is uh, what? <laughs> Autonomy. What's yeah, underneath it? What's underneath that uh, what's driving that anger? What's resisting colonization? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> resisting brainwashing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shakes your autonomy. Shakes your autonomy. Yeah, it does. And my authenticity. But then I also have this need to socialize. And it's like, Uh, what? This and we're back to the rub. I know. It just (laughs) you you don't want to be tooled around in some uh artificial binary combat system. Uh, No. And yet you also don't want to burn everyone to the ground with your uh with the things you know and want to talk about and explore because you will make them melt with facing their fears of, Oh no, there's stuff I don't know. I I call it my fiery sword of truth. (laughs) You have to control your goddess powers because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Do you have any affinities yet? Are you, are you finding that there are uh, individuals or groups that you're drawn to? Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm definitely drawn to wandering for him. It's <coughs> part of my oh, thought. Sorry. It, oh, sweet. Yeah, everyone can just come and talk freely about things. What you're saying by not saying it is 
I'm not interested in the play. Oh, they dropped entirely. I'll be darned. They're going to reboot, maybe. It's a good thing. Well, they're wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> dear friends, dear friends. No, I don't think we quite got there, but Riley was, she had answered your question about whether she, there was any organization or group she had an affinity for. And, well, but aren't you just a little tempted to just be like, you know what? Women have been oppressed for so long. It is time to activate goddess powers and just wipe this place like <laughs> clean. Contemplate burning, you know, several places down that have refrained over the years. <laughs> I've uh, gone, gotten a very tight filter, however, for who I let see those parts of me. But I've come at peace in knowing that they were all on a journey and I may be a couple steps ahead or I don't, I'm not trying to sound superior or arrogant. It's true though. But but I just have to realize they're human beings and you need to be respectful of their own autonomy because you know, even if they're doing something I don't agree with or they believe something I don't agree with, I'm not going to attack that. You know, I wouldn't want somebody to attack me. You know, I would like to discuss it if anyone's open to it. But it sounds very mature of you to take the high ground, even though you could burn a lot of people with your fiery sort of truth and your high ground, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're being merciful, it sounds like. In a way. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you. Thank you from from mankind to womankind. Yes, I I join him and saying thank you. <laughs> Thanks. It's very feeling of you. <laughs> Any other group that you uh, telling what you, you like? Said you right? like wondering for him and and then sort of saying without saying I I'm not interested in you know being an activist in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or whatever. Um, no, it it's you know black and white, red and blue, whatever you call it. It's just. To, it's, me, to me, it's very, what is it, binary thinking? It's a staged uh, combat for the people to uh, participate in and throw tomatoes. To me, it seems like the Democratic and Republican Party, if you were to take those two groups, for instance, um, came from stagnant thinking as a whole in a big group of people, Interesting. which is where the black and white thinking came from. So now it's, you're either this or that. And, mm. and they're being deprived of that life and love mind that we were talking about earlier. Mm. So all the participants in it are being deprived of the life that comes from non-stagnant or mm-hmm. vibrant. What's the word? Dynamic. There's another word I'm missing. Individualistic thinking. Yeah. Whatever the opposite of stagnant is. So people may be uh, voters, we'll call them. It could be... I don't want to put words in you guys' mouth. It sounds like you're suggesting that a voter should have a level of of removal from from it. If they if they want to vote, then still uh, see still people as yeah, still still see people as humans. Sure. Yeah, but the concept of everyone just having to pick a side 
You know, like if you completely resonate with a side, that's great. Go ahead and vote. But what if you're iffy on both ends and you just go, oh, fine. Well, I guess I'm Republican for this election. <laughs> well, then just don't vote. Yeah. So it sounds to me like the question to you of who do you support, this guy or the Jack Johnson or John Jackson? Uh, <laughs> you're like, how dare you presuppose that I support either one? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. But I know that there's other people who are like, I do this regardless. You know, like I know that it is a certain level of like harshness or war on people's minds in a way or war for people's minds, hearts, minds, etc. But I still do it because I see more good than bad coming out of it. And so, yeah, I want to respect that opinion too, but, but I want to, I got something that's coming up for me. I'm hoping I can share it. Yeah. It's about uh, autonomous, which I like, and then individual, which I'm curious about. I think there's a, I think there's a relationship. I, I was really curious about how Riley was walking toward that. Makes me wonder about, is there a distinction? And what could the distinction be between autonomous and individual? And then I'm always kind of curious about how do we do collective work or collective play? That's what I was actually trying to get at, too. And what's the, what is that, what is that dance like for you? Yeah, I wanted to ask that question, not just of Riley, but also of Ace. Um, where does community come into your life and, and you know as someone who's going to play the age card more physically mature at least right um than riley uh you had experience to hopefully find a, a community you feel some belonging to and what's what what that's like maybe um you can go first all right so for us the way that ends up looking is we very much are like it doesn't really matter it, we, we don't draw from the same source for, for everything. We, we come across people and, you know, we have a pretty picky criteria for who can, who constitutes a person that is routinely involved in our life. Like, and by, by routine, I mean like once a month for some and some once a week, but they come up and they're a part of our life routinely. And, you know, we develop and cultivate friendships very much on a one-on-one -on -one level. And so like a lot of our friends, don't even really cross paths with each other. They're in different circles. So in a way, we have our own community where we're the only common denominator in the group. I can super relate to that. And that's all I want to say before letting you continue. But to a very, very large extent, um, I mean, it's almost a complete extent. We would never take all the people that are in our orbit that come through here and put them all together in the same room. It would be a disaster. Does that make sense? Really? Yes. Yes. And I've actually had an experience like that. Oh, wow. It sounds not, well. not a, not a, I mean, I've had a couple, I would say, yeah, borderline disaster is, is a pretty good word. But, for you it. know, but, it, but what I'm describing for us is though, it's just an example. It's truly, I would say the, the quintessential example of organic community, because it's nothing we ever planned. It's just a routine of life that we've cultivated and developed and without thinking it through in advance and it works for us and yes it's a community it's not a community where everybody is together in the same room at the same time but it's a community nonetheless because we're able to give life and mutually exchange life with one another and they come through like a conveyor belt or a revolving door and it's mute it's reciprocating love it's 
beautiful. There's not anybody taking, taking, taking. We don't engage with toxicity. So, you know, that's why I have room for you as a friend. And I'm like, now my life would be incomplete without you. I mean, oh, thank you. Because there's mutual love and reciprocity. And that's how you grow together. You either grow or you or you die off the vine. We've seen this with the cacti. <laughs> that sometimes they're flourishing and doing great. And sometimes they're just not for whatever reason. I'm, I'm still grieving that succulent. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit a touchy subject. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, feel free to expound on whatever I was saying if you want to. No, that that about explains it. It's all about love and understanding. And for a while, I was going to this youth group at my old church. And everyone already had their cliques from the schools that they went to or the sports that they played. But I was so desperate for friendships, I just kept enduring um, the apathy I was receiving from them because it was all that I had. So in my attempt to get a healthy social life, I wasn't going anywhere and it was only feeding my fear of rejection. Hmm. And I was trapped in that cycle for a long time. And we're going to a new place now. And it's interesting because everyone will say, wow, you're just so awesome at this thing and this thing. Like my friends, they think I am masterful at guitar, uh, piano, reading, photography. photography, all these things. And they'll talk me up. And then everyone's like, well, since you're good at everything, how about you come and help us with this? Yeah. And now I'm finding that, okay, well, I am needed in this way. So I am getting a sense of fulfillment, whether I get to show them my fiery sword of truth or not. There's a sense of belonging and being needed that I was craving for so long. Interesting. So I am getting a version of fulfillment from that way. But then, of course, with our friends that will come to our house that we kind of view as a beacon of light and love. If I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, it's totally true. Those are the people that we can connect with better is the people we actually invite into our home. And and I will I will say here that's an important point. So as she engages with other people her age, that has definitely drawn in me the the desire to uh meet parents of these other teenagers because if they're the people that are influential in their life, I would like to know, you know, what kind of people they are and get to know them. And it's kind of forced me out of my comfort zone of being in my head and with my handful of people and with you and my cozy layer. It forces me out to hug other necks and get to know other people. Would you say that Mrs. Ace has the, has the same, like, view of community or is it a little different how, how, how would you say i'll let that, you have for this one your, your guess is as good as mine i won't disagree with you i'm sure well my mom is actually the people bringer of this house i would say i <laughs> at my church people will be like oh my gosh we absolutely love your mom she's just she's constantly wearing colors and she's called the some happiest woman i've ever met yeah we had some people over last week sorry that last weekend and the guy was like i forget your name but uh i always call you the uh the rainbow lady 
Because she's yeah. she's wearing like rainbow colors and everything, so he just called her the rainbow lady. And Jenny was like, "Oh, you just made my my week telling me that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too." I was like, "Thanks for telling her that, man." So yeah, I I made two new friends. I think last week it is a good feeling. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't know if I had any more room in my heart for more <laughs> friends because I love my friends so much, but it turns out I have a bigger heart this week than I had last week. So there's more room. Does Jenny have any interest in doing a podcast or do you think that's kind of, yeah, sure. She, she might, um, you know, she's done one with us before, whenever we did the, t- let's talk about sex with Kathy. Um, so your, family so, does, your family does a sex education. We, we did a, uh, we did a podcast with Max and Kathy, uh, and I believe it was February of 19, uh, that was called, um, let's talk about sex. Wow. And it was fun. And I, I think it would be good for parents to, um, especially of really, really young kids to look up that podcast up to you. If you want to leave a link to that podcast in the notes. Yeah. Maybe in the show notes, I'll put it. It was called. Yeah. The talk, oh, the, the talk. talk, the talk. Yeah. Maybe, maybe what happened was you used the song. Let's talk about sex in the, in the podcast. And I, somehow adopted that as the title of it i mean that's a more honest title it is it is a talk about sex it's just that for some reason i was kind of poking fun at the at how the words the talk have become associated with sex even though Uh, yeah it sounds like something that's probably a meme (laughs) (laughs) it's changed it used to be that now i think uh you'd get more hits on race stuff if you talked about the talk I see. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was telling Jenny this morning. Oh, yeah. I was telling about the podcast you did a few years ago with, excuse me, with Lynn and Honor. I tried to bring it up and it it's like a few minutes of music went by and then it went into um, another podcast that you had done with some other people. Yeah. Um, I, that's episode 28 of the podcast, which I'll link in, in the show notes as well. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've had some technical issues here and there, but. So is that Lennon honor podcast still saved somewhere? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Cause I wanted her to listen to it. I thought it was excellent. You know, being a, a black father with I think four kids, is that right? Four or five kids that he has. I think so. Um, talking about raising them and that, kind of the racial dynamics and stuff within society. I thought that was beautifully done on his part. And his his work is amazing. Um I recommend yeah he has a pretty talk squared and I'm sorry. What was that? The talk squared. Yeah the talk squared. You know I I tried to contact London Honor after that. And I believe it was probably on thanks for some reason sticks out of my mind as I sent him an email on Thanksgiving Day. It was either 2018 or 19, and uh, I was hoping to hear back from him because I was I thought this guy's very interesting. We both have a lot in common, and you know I thought it would be cool if I could do a podcast with him one day, or at least you know do a Facetime or something just to chat. Yeah, he's but, super busy. I'm not sure, but but um, Kathy has really good people skills and somehow and and she just I don't know, like she and he clicked and and he was willing to be on our podcast. We were super honored. She has she really is a great example of a person who knows how to be persistent without being off putting. That's a good point. Yeah. Kathy is a master at that. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm sure you've 
you've been on the receiving end of like that dynamic, right? Yeah, it's, it's delightful. I love being on the, the Kathy uh, audio ride for sure. It's amazing. Yeah, she has a uh, she has she has a way of doing business. She's good. So, but she'll tell me that she's just following my lead. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, man. We should, Max, we all follow your lead, and I'm always following y'all leads. So it's just reciprocal. Was there anything else on the intergenerational healing stuff? So much. <laughs> There's a lot more. Yeah, you start thinking like vertically and laterally yeah. on like family tree, and it's like. Before you know it, you're like in the middle of a wilderness, you know. I am going to risk saying that I could use advice because my mother has stopped talking to me. I'm trying to do that thing where I just remain open and um, I send emails, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then me and my partner, Lisa, were blocked on Instagram. <laughs> so now the dynamic has shifted to like a, an aggressive silent treatment. And was there something that precipitated that? We have no idea. That's the amazing. That's why I asked you because you seem to know mm-hmm. that there was some dynamic that happened, but in our case, like she's like, well, ask, you know, your siblings. And I'm like, yeah, do you know? And, and my siblings will say, we don't really know. Um, and the, the clues that I get, from them are really funny and weird. Like I don't, I mean, I I could believe them, but they're too funny to like consider as like the real ultimate truth. Like one of my sisters said, well, one time I asked, or every time I asked about you, she says, well, he believes in aliens or something, but there was never any like, dear son, I can no longer talk to you any longer because I've discovered that you believe in aliens or, or Uh it, it was never like, it was just like a, I got a happy birthday present and then, and we thanked her for that. And she sent a winky face and it was like, seemed good. And then next thing I know, my emails are just not being responded to. So I have no idea. I have no real idea of what's actually going on. And I, and my siblings don't seem to want to talk about it. And I absolutely do not want to force them into the conversation because they seem like uncomfortable with it. So at this point, I'm just kind of trying to send out love vibes and, um, Hope they land somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I just hope they land somewhere. So it's very encouraging to me to hear that you that you've landed somewhere that sounds like a path to healing um, in this intergenerational stuff. It's really it's it's wonderful to hear. So yeah, and what I what I learned today was that like my other brother that you know I didn't have any direct confrontation or conflict with him, but we still haven't seen each other for you know almost three and a half years. And so it's just been total silence between us, but we've kind of known that, you know, we both felt like we had to pick sides and we just had this gulf. We've just kind of known it. So I've been a little bit surprised that he had, like, I haven't been able to reach him yet. And I was over talking to my parents today and they, they're close to my brother and I thought he was coming home and I might be able to see him. And my dad was like, he, he just said, he's, he's not quite ready yet. He's like, I, he will get there. He's just not quite ready. But it was kind of surprising to me because I was thinking, why wouldn't he just want to come up and hug me and be like, man, it's so good to see you. But, you know, I had to think about it for a minute and go, okay, most people are not quite like me and that's okay. He just needs some time to kind of get his head around this to make sure that he can be in a good place. And most likely he's, he's trying to be responsible with himself 
And my dad told me that, you know, he's like, I think he kind of has some PTSD from a few years ago. And I was like, that totally makes sense. Just the trauma of it. He's just needing to kind of work through it because it's, it was a traumatic thing. So, you know, I'm trying to not take that personally and instead just respect that he's having to recover from and heal from his own trauma. And, you know, if I'm a month ahead of him, whoop-de-doo, it would be asinine and inhumane on my part to re-injure the situation by bringing a false expectation that he'll respond the way I would hope he would, you know, immediately, which is really just not reasonable. Maybe nobody is quite like anybody else. I mean, I know that I even don't even resemble the way I was last year. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we all have our. <clears throat> it's a great point. You don't things. Yeah, like you're very different than you were ten years ago. Certainly, Max had a very has a very uh, shiny sort of truth or fiery sort of truth, and he would melt people's feelers off left and right on the old forum and. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but in a way that didn't really offend my uh, my feeler either, because it was so right on and so truthful that it sort of covered over the lack of feeling in it. But as the years went on, Max became a very attentive person to the other, to the reader and the audience and the recipient, and uh, really softened his uh, approach. And well, I, I grew because I didn't realize how I was coming across, in fact, mm-hmm. um, which people might think, well, it's so it was so specific. How could you not? But I'm just, you know, I, I no, I just shouldn't say I'm just, you know, because people don't really know. I should say I just wasn't as good a, a communicator. And I, I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, that's, I'm trying to be a good communicator. So, yeah. And your, your, your communication style um, verbally is very um, different than in the written form and you're, you're way more of a, a feeler and uh, attentive to the audience and, you know, a verbal format or audio format. Mm, yeah. I, you, you made that observation before and I've taken that to heart for sure. Although I will say that your, your written form has, definitely uh oh, changed a lot softened i was reading through it and i could just picture your voice as i was like reading it and it's That's true. soft and gentle and it's very thought-provoking as always it's not really fair though because you got to know max like this before you got to know his writing so now it's mm-hmm. hard to know how objective you're being i don't know how i would read it if if you hadn't known him yeah yeah that's an interesting thought I thought of writing as something so separate in the past, something mm. more like a activism or political action, in fact. Mm. So if my words were politicizing and polarizing, um, it was it was some kind of intentional thing that I thought, well, it, it's on the Internet. People are free to read it or not. But now I think I can be more conscientious of, um, yeah, love creates and fear destroys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, I think also in the context of like how we can communicate better, um, I really do think that it would be helpful if people would kind of pay more, be more mindful about, is it wise to engage in something that, 
to create conflict or to engage in it because there are some things that genuinely need it. But I just think that people fail to be judicious about what is where conflict should be necessary. Does that make sense? Yep. I can own that for sure. I can own that for sure. I'm going to be owning it for the rest of my life based on some of the things I wrote. Oh, well, I wasn't trying to poke it at you. I was just, no, 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 you're not. You're, you're okay. Sorry, my mom. <laughs> yeah, she's like, are y'all almost done? Oh, oh, yeah. in? We can oh, be just about been, done. It's been, been, it's been a couple yeah. hours. A couple hours. It's a good run. Yeah. We're doing good. Let's we yeah. take the next few minutes to wrap up. Or, so. okay. All right. I feel like I've gotten to say pretty much everything I had on my mind about the intergenerational healing. I'm sure there'll be something about it that I'll think of later, but that's fine. <laughs> it's exciting, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I certainly want to agree with what something Riley said earlier about um, knowledge that is not stagnant. It's very active and living. It's alive. It's mm-hmm. constantly growing. And I, I think that's just beautiful. Yeah. And the way I express that is even how I treat my physical being as well as my metaphysical being. So if I'm metaphysically taking in good energy then i should also be eating live things to nurture the physical aspect of myself like lots of fruits we're mostly fruitarian in this house now she's kind of led the charge on that yeah it took a while for me to put down my love of certain things and be and and now you know but it was a that was partly a spiritual process for me. I was having to let go of some idols in my life, I suppose, because things that I really wanted that I knew weren't good for me. <laughs> but cheap dopamine, cheap dopamine. I can remove this if you want, but I mean, you're really living up now to your title of sacred cow slayer. <laughs> I know I've had to I've had to slay my own cows now, <laughs> sacred as they might have been. I've always thought of it as like. A, a sword through a um like a golden statue like right. you're not you're not killing anything but you're like destroying the golden idol of the cow to that's like, right that's oh. how i thought of it <laughs> uh-huh that's good i like that oh, where was up before that you were saver talk about fruit and stuff hmm yeah she's led the charge on that but you know i'm i'm finding now that after pressing through it's weird how our brains play these weird tricks on us whenever we're trying to make a positive change. It is phenomenal how much of a temper tantrum our brains can throw to try to confuse what confuse us about what we know. Does that make sense? For instance, if I eat a perfectly filling smoothie, bananas in it, avocado, plenty of amino acids and fibers, just a wonderfully nutritious smoothie. If I tell myself something like, I'm mostly a fruitarian now, I can't have any other food besides this for the rest of the day. And it's possible I could have to go two more hours before I have another smoothie. If I think that way, my stomach will feel like, oh, no, I'm not full enough. I need solids to be full. (laughs) But if you recognize that as a temper tantrum that your brain is doing to try to pull a magic trick over you, getting you to go back to what's comfortable, physiologically comfortable based on the past, once you realize that, You can just kind of tell your body to chill the hell out and it will be okay. And, you know, eventually you start getting the right signals like, yeah, I know I get fed all the time. I'm fine. And 
Yes. And then you're not getting those temper tantrums. Yeah, I've noticed that too. When having like two meals a day of fruit and then choosing whether I'm going to have the middle meal be fruit or not. And the day that I chose half an enormous gluten-free pizza and it just, it was so punishing the next couple of days um, <laughs> versus the days that I've gone through, oh, I'm just going to stick to this. And before doing that, letting the craving come and go actually having 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 the craving right in front of my like a healthy mindset looking at the craving and going oh that actually sounds like i i I have a desire to slightly poison myself right now or like (laughs) or just fill myself with that doughy flavor which actually doesn't it's not really food it's just a doughy flavor that i would want you know so weird weird stuff like that happens that sits there in your stomach and you think okay now i'm satisfied (laughs) <laughs> but now you don't. Now you're like, oh, no, what have I done to myself? Right. <laughs> if you're thinking what I am, it's like, oh, no, why did I do that to myself? Uh, then you have then you have to deal with the shame of it. And the OK, well, next time I'm going to do something smarter. Hopefully, Shame. There's the shame again. Uh-huh. Um, willing. Dad, did you did you have did you want to wrap up your thoughts about our topics? Mm. hard for me to do that right now um, okay if you have any more questions for us we'd be happy to answer them right now is that better uh, that's going to be difficult too because i've got lots of questions and lots of thoughts so we should maybe do a part two on this one it's pretty hot well the questions were coming up the questions earlier were coming up in the storytelling so i hope i wasn't too um interruptive of your flows Oh, you're good. Oh, no. All right. Not at all. You're a great co-host. Mm-hmm. We, we like questions, even the really hard ones. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a moment earlier, maybe a half hour or so ago, when autonomous, and I was thinking like autonomous zone is a good thing. Like there's space for autonomy. Right. So we can be autonomous together. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was kind of wondering about that earlier. And then, you know, is there a communitarian way to do that? Yeah, I think so. But I don't know. And then individuation, that's another individual, individual. What is that? What is that? And then how are we the spark in? Ooh, I mean, it gets it can get metaphysical real hmm. fast, which I love to do. Or it can get legal. Uh, and what's the relationship? We've been, I mean, if we look at Leviticus, if we look, if we go to the, if we go to the sacred texts and uh, we look at law, law keeps parsing and parsing and parsing and parsing, trying to get a sharper knife to slice the tomato even thinner and thinner. We're never going to get to one side of the tomato. I don't know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's like my own metaphor I made up for that law and sacred texts. So, um, but that's maybe another show also. Yeah. I'm just sort of feeling like we just got warmed up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but but Jenny says we have to keep it down to I not, know. not a five-hour show, which I, I totally understand and respect. I know. Which, which uh, makes it far more likely to be able to do a part two if I abide by her wishes. <laughs> we, uh, we haven't wandered together in a while because of the damn panic i think or some other some other 
forces. Right. It's really you- good to be back to wondering again. And yes. I really appreciate it. the two Thank of you, you the, the family wondering and intergenerational trauma. What a great topic. And Max brought one up at the end. He was warming up to intergenerational trauma on our side. And I have a role in that too. So there's plenty, plenty to work with here. Yeah. Oh man, or this play, might be or the rest with. of every episode. Or play with. <laughs> I mean, we gotta, I mean, it's play, right? Mm. And it's work. It's, it's work too. But um, so I'm really, really appreciative. Feeling very, very appreciative. Very expansive in the moment, and so glad to be here. Thanks. Thank you guys for having us on, and we'll be honored to be on at any time in the future. I love your manner. I love. I love having you, Ace and Riley, as guests. I I love Dad's mode when he gets into like podcast mode, and the way he talks about it. Is uh, it's know, kind it's of a, he, it's like presentive. It's very presentational, and I get a glimpse of his professional life as as like a mediator and diplomat. Which it's is funny. our audience, by the way. I'm still wondering about that. Uh, you're, you're wondering who's our audience? Yeah, it's only us right now. Hey, I'm th- I'm thinking it could be expansive at any second. So okay, well, so good. wondering wondering audience, I suppose. <laughs> Wow, this has just been awesome. I feel recharged. I am vibrating at a high frequency. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very loved and energetic as well. Yes. And I could do this for hours if I wasn't so needed elsewhere. Yeah. You're just like Riley. You just, you have so many skills and you're just needed everywhere. So you better go. I'm needed here too. Lisa's going to be wondering where I am. So we're in these bodies right now. That's true. Yeah. We have (laughs) other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll see you. We'll see you in dreamland. How's that? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Love you all very much. Bye. Do we want to keep it real? Do we do that here too? Yeah, we keep it real together. We keep it real everywhere. Right? Keep it real out of the podcast. That's nice. (laughs) How else are you going to keep it real? It's not just in the podcast. Real together. Good. Let's keep it real together. Count us down. Three, two, one. Let's Let's keep it it real together. together. All right. That works. (laughs) Are you done recording? 